Super Scoreboard. The old firm through the decades. Some call it the greatest derby in the world. It is certainly the game that divides a country. When Celtic play Rangers, Scotland holds its breath. It's life or death to Celtic Rangers fans. Would you have signed for Celtic? No. Would you, Peter, have signed for Rangers? No chance. Absolutely not. Henrik was, um, you know, I call him a freak of nature. You know, 242 goals in 315 games. You know, that, that is just freakish. For me, it's the best Rangers team of all time that we were up against, and that's the biggest compliment I can pay those guys. When you walk in the doors, there's a special aura. When Graham left, David Murray actually just said, what do we need here? And we all said straight away, it's that man there. Our challenge, when, when Graham came in, was to put Celtic off the, the top of the league. I don't care who we lose at me. See if you win a sign for us, you can't lose at me, Rangers. I'd have given the world for us. The old firm is beyond anything I've experienced and ever seen and all that as well and you don't know how it is until you actually experience it yourself. Each family hands down the mantle supporting their particular team and that'll carry on forever. Super Scoreboard The old firm through the decades. Full time at Pitordry, Aberdeen 3, Celtic 3. Celtic came from behind twice, but a 90th minute penalty sees Aberdeen take a point in this one. Aberdeen won the first penalty in the 43rd minute. Livian Cham barging Lewis Ferguson in the box. Upstep Ferguson from the penalty spot made no mistake 1 0 Aberdeen. Into the second half, Callum McGregor made it 1 1 soon after. A lovely ball in from T- Tom Rogic, and he fired past. Joe Lewis. Ryan Hedges, though, put Aberdeen back in front, bundled the ball in after Cosgrove's effort was saved, and that all came from Shane Duffy being far too slow to react. A high ball in, but Ryan Christie sent it into Joe Lewis's arms before Lee Griffiths came on as a substitute, made it 2-2 in the 76th minute. A lovely finish, curling the ball in to the top corner. Celtic were then awarded a penalty a minute later. Tommy Hoban brought down Tom Rogic, upstepped Ryan Christie, made no mistake, 3 to Celtic. Sam Cosgrove then had a low shot just wide for Aberdeen and just as it looked like Celtic might escape Pataudry with all three points Callum McGregor's challenge on Connor McLennan meant penalty Aberdeen in the 90th minute. Upstep Lewis Ferguson again low into the corner of the net to make it 3-3 Full time Aberdeen 3 Celtic 3. Jim Duffy what a game but for Celtic two defeats followed up by a draw yeah, I mean, the first thing we have to say is magnificent entertainment. You know, it was an outstanding, uh, you know, open, entertaining game. I mean, Celtic deserve a lot of credit for that because they come up to Petaudry and taking the game pretty much um, to, to Aberdeen for, for, for the vast majority of the game. Aberdeen had little moments, and but their goals all came from basic Celtic errors. All defensive errors, three goals were all, all from, from basic errors. Um, you know, so Aberdeen deserve credit for, for again, <laughs> not throwing in the, the towel when they went 3-2 down. Celtic deserve credit for coming back time and time again. Um, again, we mentioned at half-time, I felt Tom Roberts was too too, too um, deep. But he, he's so instrumental when he plays in that last 25, 30 yards where he plays those killer passes, which no one else in the pitch is capable of doing. He can see it, he can execute it, and he's done that. Griffiths coming on does what Griffiths does, outstanding finish. And then the penalty, you think, game's done. But for whatever reason, they seem to, you know, rather than maybe contain that and sit back, they Celtic were still open. 
And, you know, Scott Wright, I think it was, just skipped past um, Scott Brown. And before you know it, there's about four Aberdeen players uh, and it's like a 4v4 situation and we, we a minute and a half to go. So for me, that was a bit naive from Celtic's uh, perspective. But listen, as a, as a football match up here in these freezing windy conditions, uh, it certainly warmed us up. Alison, there's no doubt about that. From a Celtic perspective, they'll be absolutely gutted that they didn't see out uh, the game and get um, you know all three points. At any other season, at any other maybe time of the season, a point at Petodri is mm-hmm. actually not a bad result. But the way it is just now, and with Rangers now to follow at three o'clock at home against Livingston, uh, they've give, given their biggest rivals uh, a huge incentive to go and, uh, and gather those three points. But as I said, as a football match, I thoroughly enjoyed it from Celtic's point of view. I said they'll be gutted that they didn't take all three points. And I think over the 90 minutes, they probably deserved it because I think they were the team that was that was really trying to press for the win. Six goals, three penalties, two more drop points for Celtic in the title race. It finished Aberdeen 3, Celtic 3. Rangers 2, Livingston nil. the full-time score from Ibrox. Joe Aribo and Jermaine Defoe with the goals to help the host move six points ahead of Celtic at the top of the table. It took them just nine minutes to go ahead. Jermaine Defoe, he was slotted through on goal. His effort was saved by Matt Strijek in goal, but it rebounded back to Yanis Hadji. He was calm. He squared it across the face of goal to Joe Aribo and he slotted home his first start today since the 12th of August. Seven minutes later, Rangers got their second. James Tavernier with a brilliant ball over the top of the Livingston defence. Jermaine Defoe ran onto it and as it dropped over his shoulder into his path the technique was fantastic. First time cushioning the ball with the inside of his boot and directing it into the bottom corner. 300 club career goals for him now. Livingston did have one big chance ball fired across the left hand side J. Emmanuel Thomas looked as if he had to score just yards out, so much of the goal to aim at but somehow could only direct his effort onto the post, Livingston then changed things at the break, they switched to a back four, it did help them, they got more involved in the game but just couldn't find a breakthrough Mullen and Forrest both forcing Alan McGregor into saves, Rangers maybe took their foot off the gas a wee bit but that could be the effects of what has been a long week, they made plenty of changes and one of the substitutes came closest to adding a third for them, Jordan Jones with a shot in injury time from the edge of the box that had to be tipped over but what a week for Rangers three big wins six points clear and things are looking good for Steven Gerrard and his players at the moment the full time score at Ibrox is Rangers 2 Livingston 0 It's Clyde 1 Super Scoreboards Open Line 0141 951 1025 one hour to go and plenty of time for your calls Get them in, let us know what you've made of another huge day in Scottish football The big picture looks like this Rangers are top of the table and they're six points clear of Celtic But they have played a game more The reason we find ourselves here is because Celtic went to Petodre It was end-to-end stuff It had lots of talking points, lots of incidents, some great goals And it ended up 3-3 Celtic thought they had won the game They were 3-2 up with just moments left but a last-minute penalty from Lewis Ferguson rescued a point for Aberdeen. It was then over to Rangers and the form that they're in, a home match against Livingston. It was always likely that Stephen Gerrard's men would collect the three points and that's exactly what they did. Joe Aribo and Jermaine Defoe with the goals and Hugh Keevans, here we are. Yeah, and uh, where we are is a difficult place for Celtic. Uh, they have had everything their own way for four years. They have won uh, 11 domestic trophies in succession They are Arguably two games away From a quadruple treble If they can beat Aberdeen in the semi-final of the Scottish Cup And then the winner of the Hearts-Hibs Semi-final But for the Celtic supporters That's not good enough Because this season was about Winning 10 in a row 
And the Celtic supporters will feel that 10 in a row is in jeopardy. I won't go any further than that, in jeopardy. But Celtic have to eliminate the defensive mistakes that are killing them. Yeah, I'm just thinking about some of the comments coming in on Twitter. Uh, at the moment, Gordon DL will obviously get to the phones as well from the Rangers fans, but Chris... French Leith says forget the overall performance it was an extremely comfortable win to end a fantastic week the most pleasing aspect is the ability to make so many changes and give crucial game time to some key players very happy yeah I can't argue with that I think it's been a really positive week for Rangers no doubt you know to go to Celtic Park and win the style that they won go to Belgium and the same very comfortable today was never going to be that easy I think people are thinking oh Rangers will score 5, 6 this afternoon because of the way they're playing it never works out that way I think Steven Gerrard will be over the moon with his week's work yeah, Mark Wilson, there are various strands to it. I, I mentioned the big picture. That's The headline is is the league table and the way it looks, but Chris is right. To, to delve below that, you could talk about the the lack of chances Rangers are giving up, the lack of goals they're conceding. They're barely conceding any at the moment. Then even another layer down, they can afford to rotate the squad. It doesn't really matter who plays. The mm. performance looks sort of similar. So all in all, it's it's been a, a very positive spell. Yeah, I, I mean, if you look at Rangers in years gone by, that was a big problem of theirs, that they, they had players capable of starting the game, but if it wasn't going right or they needed to rotate or they had a few injuries, then they didn't have the depth to back that up or they didn't have the strength to come on and fill like for like. I think Rangers have got that now. You even see Bassey at left back who's come in for Barisic and, and looks comfortable. And, you know, you can add whatever striker you want up there. Defoe, Morelos, Roof, um, same job, same outcome, goals, Aribo, and the team gets on the, the, the goal scoring sheet today. So you're right. Same, uh, same formation every single week, but different personnel, but same results. That's very comforting for a manager. 01419511025 Rangers fans what did you make of today it maybe wasn't the most uh, exciting performance or, or, or the type of game that had loads of talking points but I'm sure you'll find something within there the finish from Defoe the rotation of some of the squad what did you make of it today and what about the week as a whole then how would you would you sum it all up and uh, let us know what you think Celtic fans still a lot of reaction coming in to that game earlier on at Pataudry. Let's do that, actually. Let's speak to Jerry, who is on the line. Jerry called in from Yorkshire tonight. What have you got for us, Jerry? Hi, how you doing, guys? Okay. Hi, Jerry. Hi. Uh, my point is, I think, just what modern day football is past Neil Lennon by now. How can you go from someone like, to from Brendan Rodgers, so meticulous on the training ground, to someone like Neil Lennon? I want a hands-on proper coach. There's no structure in the team. There's no style of play in the team. There's no formation in the team. There's no patterns of play. It's the total opposite, I hate to say, to what I see Rangers play. The total opposite. Every time I look at Neil Lennon, all I see is a man with his hands in his pockets, whether it's at uh, Lennox Town or whether it's in a dugout. I want a hands-on proper proper head coach, not a manager. Martin the, Martin the Neil style manager. That's no, that's no place in modern football now for that. Neil Lennon's had his time now. When you go from Brendan Rodgers, we all know what he's done. We didn't really like where we left. But when you go from Brendan Rodgers to Neil Lennon, it's going to be regression rather than progression. It's only going to go one way. Uh, well, that's not strictly speaking the case because when he. Re- Why is it not, Why uh, is it not? Well, I'm, I'm trying to tell you. 
It's not strictly speaking the case because when he succeeded Brendan Rodgers, he then went on to win the next four domestic trophies. You literally cannot improve on that. He won the next four trophies. Can I come back you not you? Of course. You know, any old player admitted that at least two of the trophies were down to Brendan Rodgers and the philosophy in that team still remained. So it was. Neil Lennon went into the job, didn't do a thing, basically didn't change a thing. So he didn't put his stamp in that team for at least two of those trophies. And now you can see that the Rogers philosophy has gone in the team. The style has gone. And Neil Lennon can't, can't come up with a with any answers or a style of play or a stamp of the, the team on itself. I, you I, look at Rangers, rotations everywhere. Just it's like 11 players through together under Neil Lennon. It's not good enough. I want a hands on proper head coach. Yeah, I, I, I would. Again, go back to the fact that when Brendan Rodgers left suddenly for Leicester City, Neil Lennon was handed one heck of a job because the the Celtic supporters thought that uh, Brendan Rodgers was an iconic figure. Neil Lennon had to get that title over the line. He had to win the Scottish Cup. The fans were in shock over Brendan Rodgers. And he did those things and he, he then went on and won more trophies. Now, I'm not t- here to tell you that everything in the garden is rosy. Far from it. I have been going on about Celtic since the season started. I've gone on about the narrow squeaks at Dundee United, the narrow squeaks at Paisley, the fact that St Johnston required five substitutes to come on before Celtic taught tottered over the line uh, in time added on so I'm not standing here as an apologist for Neil Lennon or an apologist for the team they have had a, a poor season everyone goes on about one performance against Hibs because it stuck out like a sore thumb what I'm saying is I'm not sure that Neil Lennon should at this moment be replaced if things were to worsen then okay but six points of a gap with a game in hand, and I make no assumptions about the game in hand, however it is there. Six points, game in hand, that for me is not the time to push the Jerry, manager. Jerry, can I ask you a question then? And, and you're quite right sure. to come on and have a go at the managers. There's not a problem with that because at the end of the day you're a supporter and you want the best for the team. Do you lay the blame solely at um, Neil Lennon? Because if you look today... How can Neil Lennon do anything about the way Duff went about his business for a goal? How can how can a coach, doesn't matter if you're Brendan Rodgers and you're talking about, well, we've downsized Brendan Rodgers to a Neil Lennon. You bummed up Rangers, you praised him quite rightly so. They've got a manager in his third year of manager. They've not got a Brendan Rodgers over there. I agree, but when you go from a manager of... Two million pound a year over to four, whatever it is, four hundred grand a year. It's only going to go one way, Gordon. Down the way, the aggression, but I think the whole recruitment has went totally down the window in the last year, eighteen months as well. I agree with you so with the recruitment. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you there. I'm totally on your side with the recruitment. I think it's been poor. Now, everyone will tell you in the modern day, as you're talking about the new, the new managers, the new head coaches, they don't have a lot to say. They have a say, but they don't have a lot to say. And it's been proven, and you, you even look at Tottenham Hotspur with Pochettino when he was in the, the Champions League final and turned around and says, you may as well take my title and just call me head coach because other people have bigger says in the manager of who's coming into the club. So I don't think, you, I'm not for Neil Lennon leaving Celtic just now. 
I think he's coming under pressure of that, there's no doubt. But I think players sometimes got off lightly. Neil Lennon as a coach, whether it's Neil Lennon, Brendan Rodgers, Klopp, whoever you want to say, can't do anything today about the way Duffy goes and gets onto that ball. Absolutely, but I forget about the Duffy. I just don't see um, Neil Lennon as a coach, as a head coach. I just don't see him. He's an old-style manager. He's, I, I don't know for, he doesn't take much responsibility to do with training. How do you know that? How do you know that? I just always oh, every time you see him, he's got hands in his pockets. No, but you don't see him in training, do you? He's a commentator. Well, to be fair, to be fair, hold on. Let, let's let's find out from a man who does because Mark, I'm I'm not saying that that it's right or it's wrong or that Neil Lennon is good or he's bad. But I thought it was pretty well known that Neil Lennon is more of a man manager than a tactician. Is that is that not? Uh, yeah, but I thought look, you had said think, that previously. Uh, yeah, no, he is a man manager, but I think it would be unfair to say that he's not uh, tactically spot on. I think when you look that's, at that's Neil the thing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that that he's he's bad at it, but. It, I, I thought I thought you and other players had said that his strength did not lie on intricate setup or, or, or training ground rehearsals or whatever. It, it was more the, the the way he managed the, the squad yeah, the, and the individuals and the players. Yeah, he's very good at that. He's he, he knows who to put an arm around and who to give a shuriken to. Was he a hands-on like coach, Mark? Listen, no, there was times in the big games, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Neil would be on the training pitch and he would walk you through shape. And, it, it, you know, it's not a coincidence that Neil's, if you look at some of Neil's results and going back to his first period as Celtic manager as well, you don't get that from shouting at players and just being a an old school manager who, who motivates. You get that from having a tactical awareness of what you're up against. I'm talking big European results as well and victories over Rangers that people seem to forget pretty quickly. You know, he isn't just a motivator. And he's got other good guys there. Now, when when Jerry's saying about the downsizing and the coaching with regress, well, Brendan Rogers' right-hand man, John Kennedy, who who took a lot of the training under Brendan Rogers as well, is still there and still plays a big part alongside Neil Lennon. So, you know, Hugh's right. You know, the man has won four trophies. Yes, it isn't eye-catching... You know, football from the goalkeeper all the way through to the centre forward, like Brendan Rodgers played, but it still gets result. And if you remember when Brendan Rodgers left in that season, the Celtic fans were moaning that the football wasn't direct enough, that wasn't getting up to the strikers quick enough, and they were fed up a tippy tappy football. So, you know, you're always going to have supporters on both sides. Some like the direct approach, some don't like Neil Lennon's approach, and uh, that, that's the way it comes with being the Celtic manager, I guess. Jerry, final word to you. I just think we need a more, uh, manager, a head coach. It's much more his skill set is much more than motivating players. That's it. I think we need a proper, proper head coach, not a manager. I think Neil's the only the only skill set he has is motivating players. And I don't think in today's game the way it's going forward. I think we put Martin O'Neill is out of a job now for the last few years, but I think he's just very similar to Martin O'Neill. And players want to be coached now. Players, players. There's more respect for if you're, if, they're, if they're head coach or manager just actually on the ground every day with them. Every time I see him playing, it's hands in his pockets, just commentating on training, commentating just sound bites. Too passive. I'm sick of hearing too passive every game, every week. Every week, too passive. I saw here every week after a, a sluggish, it's either sluggish, too passive. It's not good enough for a club of size of Celtic. 
Even if All right, Jerry, like we'll leave it there. We will leave it there. Sorry, Jerry. Thanks a lot for your thoughts. Certainly is a good debate, as you can tell, Jerry. You've got everyone uh, thinking quite carefully about some of your points. So thanks again to Jerry down in Yorkshire. It's 0141-951-1025. Uh, let's remind ourselves of what Neil Lennon had to say. These are his thoughts on that 3-0 draw at Pataudry. Well, I'm disappointed not to come away with all three points. I think when you're a manager and you score three goals away from home, you think you're going to win the game. I think there's a little bit of fragility with a few of them they're not playing with major amount of confidence but again there's plenty of positives you know I thought we were a little bit passive first half final third because we were control of the game and the goal we give away is very sloppy and then the response second half was tremendous but um, we need to tidy up defensively we're not see goals in three games it's not good enough you know how, how it works here obviously the result last weekend at a points drop today what, what's your message to the fans at the moment well you know if you win the game in hand if if Rangers win and they go so many points clear if we win the game in hand it's a deficit of three so there's still a long way to go and I think you know the players have had a you know a tough tough week could have played better we will improve there's no question of that. I'm confident of that and we will get players back you know, from COVID and from injury, so there's a long, long way to go. But we we have to tidy up defensively. We concede making too many individual mistakes and collective mistakes, and that's not on the goalkeeper. <laughs> I thought the goal, I thought Beanie was very, very good today. How is He hurt his back in a collision with Sheen on Thursday night, and um, he tried to give Sheen the goal yesterday. He was too stiff, too sore. So again, we'll have to see how he is on Thursday. Ryan O'Donnell is on Twitter at Clyde SSB. He says Celtic should not go to panic stations just yet, but if they do not win the game in hand, then yes, sound the alarm, he says. So we're on Twitter as well of the phones. Uh, let's bring in David, who is a Rangers fan in shots. How's it going, David? Hi, panel. How are you doing? Good. All good, David. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Uh, obviously, as a Rangers supporter, it's been a, a relatively good day for us. You know, with Celtic dropping points up in Petaudry and getting a, a, a grindy three points, I would say, against Livingston. But I think as Rangers supporters, I think everybody could agree, Rangers fans have been very patient over the years. Obviously, not getting silverware, not getting much success. You know, batter from pillar to post. Today, obviously, a lot of people would be quite optimistic about our chances. But I think we need to kind of be realistic in the sense and realise that we're only, what, 11 games in. Um, there's still a lot of the games to play. We need to be, we need to keep this, the ship steady. We need to be focused. We can't get complacent. We can't get carried away. Um, I've been scrolling through Twitter and the confidence is very clear to see from Rangers supporters. Um, I'd just like to see the panel's views on what they think Rangers supporters should be thinking and feeling going ahead. Well, for me, the Rangers supporters will be extremely confident. They will like the look of the fact that uh, Rangers specialise in keeping clean sheets. Celtic specialise in giving away poor goals. Uh, that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, I do think that they've been through so much uh, that that's why they're reluctant to shout from the rooftops. But the Rangers supporters, 99.9% of the Rangers supporters must tonight believe they can win the league title. I can't disagree with that, Hugh. I think uh, you don't get carried away, uh, especially when it's not even into November yet. It's early doors. 
But it's just the way Rangers are going about. You're, we're, we're coming every week now, every game, about the strength that they've got in depth. They're benched today. Guys that are scoring goals. They look uh, the clean sheets, the formation. Everything is going very well for Rangers. I like the way the Rangers manager's handling it. He's keeping everybody's feet in the ground, keeping everybody working away. Today wasn't their greatest performance, but today was part of a fantastic week for them. Yeah, Mark Wilson, I'm wondering, this is clearly not everything, just a, just something that I was curious about. I just had a quick look, and, and in terms of the odds for for the, the destination of the, the Scottish Premiership title, uh, Rangers very much favourites now, and I, I wonder when the last time that was. Now, that doesn't mean yeah. to say they will <laughs> definitely go on and win it, obviously, but, but like I say, just I'm, I'm curious to know when the last time it would have been that Rangers were such... Odds on to win the league Yeah A long time ago Gordon uh, You'll have to go back Yeah uh, Many years to find that But it's because The way they've been playing You know They look They look a, a force to be reckoned with You know Defensively they, They've they got things um, Correct At the start of the season The amount of clean sheets They've had um, You know They seem to To have a, a Pretty settled back four I know Bassey's in the day But when you look at Tavernier and Goldson And Barisic And then it's one other Centre half they all look to know their jobs and then going forward I mean they're scoring freely at the minute so when you get it right at both ends uh, you can see why the bookies have, have made the mods on favourite at the minute but lots can change long way to go but look as if I was a Rangers fan I would be getting carried away with it it's been many years since Rangers fans have had really anything to to seriously get excited about and you know it's okay the players and the management yeah keep their feet in the ground and do the job professionally but if you're a Rangers fan after what's happened the previous nine years and you're seeing your team play this way, you would be getting carried away with it. But at the same yeah, time, it's, Mark, it's, you it's know, a good point, Hugh, because complacency complacency amongst fans does, that doesn't that doesn't impact the football team. It's just what as long as the players and the management don't get complacent. Yeah, of course. But uh, the, the fans, you know, you think back over the last ten years, uh, the, the the night when Rangers played Alloa away and were two up and lost three two. Uh, when Sterling Albion were capable of going to Ibrooks and winning, you know the, the the misery years of the lower leagues, the two attempts, two seasons worth of attempts to get out of the Championship, the playoff against Motherwell where Rangers lost, I think six goals over the two games. Um, the Rangers fans have had to live through all of that, so they don't want to start jumping from. Uh, or rather getting carried away by it all. Uh, they want to celebrate, and when the time comes, I'm quite sure that if it comes, and they stop Celtic from winning 10 in a row, the celebrations will be lavish. However, I go back to the example of Stephen Gerrard last December at Celtic Park. He won the game, and then he overcooked the celebration. And two weeks later, he came back off the winter break with a team that could do nothing right, there's Rangers fans, feet on the ground, no heads in the clouds. David, when you look back on the week as a whole, like I can't imagine you've had many, many weeks as good as this in in the last couple of years. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, as a Rangers supporter, when you look back at what the team was ten years ago, fifteen years ago, the success we had, <laughs> weeks like this week give you the hope that we're finally on the edge of actually getting something a, a silverware that gives us the recognition that the absolute turmoil we've been through 
you know, going to away games at clubs, you know, with very, very small fan allocations for us, following the team through and through, filling the stadium against Clyde and etc. It's an unquenchable thirst for us. But I think, obviously, it's exciting. It's really good that we're in the position we're in. We deserve to be in the position we're in, as far as I'm concerned. But I'm just terrified of complacency. I was very, I don't want to take more of your time, but I was very optimistic that the team today, even knowing Celtic had dropped points, at Pataudry, the team was composed. When they came out, they were clinical. Uh, we we put the game to bed uh, after 2-0. The, the second half, I was a bit grindy, but there's, there's still a long way to go. Ten in a row is a very big achievement for Celtic, and if we let that happen, it, the last ten years for me are going to be, there's going to be nothing there to show, really. What, what sort of pleases you most about what you're seeing from the team now obviously winning games getting three points I, I get that but when when you dig a bit deeper into perhaps performances or the rotation of the squad whatever it may be what what else pleases you? I think what pleases me the most about this Rangers team especially this season is just the focus the determination of the team um, games like today against not to be disrespectful but smaller teams that's what tripped us up last year we lost points needlessly against teams that we can clearly show as of today that we can get points off of. We just need to keep powering through. We need to keep focus. The team needs to be, you know, the end game is another title for us. As far as I'm concerned, that's the end game. But as fans, we can't let ourselves get carried away. It's, it's a great achievement for us if we do. It gives us that trophy to prove that the 10 years of absolute torture for us as supporters has came to fruition. And I just hope... I hope that we have it within us. I believe we have it within us. I believe that the manager and the team that we have have that drive to get us that recognition that we deserve. David and Shots, pleasure to speak to you. Hopefully you'll give us a call back soon. We are going to hear from the management teams from Rangers and Livingston. They're coming up next. After they play... You have your say. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. Hugh Keevens, Mark Wilson, and Gordon DL are here to take your calls. We're here until 6 o'clock. So get all your thoughts in on today's football. Let us know what you made of it and perhaps what you make of the big picture because it was another potentially big day in the title race with Rangers stretching their advantage. It kicked off with a, a brilliant football game, you have to say. A real shame uh, that no fans could get into the game at Pataudry, Hugh. If we can step back from the madness of what it means for the title race, it was a real shame because it, it had a bit of everything. You wonder how much that's impacted on Celtic, you know, who fed off the crowd all the time, home and away. Uh, as I say, they, they, they won eight matches in a row against Aberdeen at Pataudry and, and fans were playing their part in all of those occasions. But... That's gone now and uh, you wonder what impact it's had on the Celtic players. But the fans of Aberdeen and Celtic would have absolutely loved that game. It's It means nothing to the Celtic supporters now because they dropped two points and Rangers are now six points ahead of them. But that was a great advertisement for Scottish football in general. Yeah, it was quite something. Aberdeen took the lead twice Celtic eventually got their noses in front and then Lewis Ferguson with his second penalty of the afternoon snatched the point late on for Aberdeen let's get the thoughts of Aberdeen boss Derek McInnes for a couple of goals in particular we gave too much space to good players um, you know I felt 
the first goal I've got to applaud. I think it's a good goal for there, the speedness and the slickness of the play for McGregor. And it's a bit difficult to stop everything, you know, but I think for the majority we defended pretty well. We kept him at arm's length. The first half of wanting us to do more of what we were actually intending to do. I thought we didn't carry that t- counter-attack threat as much as we should have. I thought we were wasteful with the past, didn't really take part in the game, but we found ourselves 1-0 up. For Ferguson going beyond and get a penalty kick, you know, I think I think it need to be said as well before we move on to the goals we lost. I think the three major decisions in the game, the referee's got 100% right, three penalty kicks. The, the second goal, it's a foul on Cosgrove at the halfway line, but still... Uh, having seen it again, there's two hands in the back for Duffy and Sam. Uh, it is a foul, but in saying that, we've still got a good shape about us. So I can't blame that in, in isolation for that goal. You know, there's still nine bodies narrow behind the ball, and I do think we can do better and defend that. And then the third one is the goal with the penalty kick, where we've been a uh, victim of that type of goal against Celtic, because when we've been caught up the pitch, we should do better. We should be more streetwise to stop, break up the play and uh, Tommy should clear the ball with his left foot when the ball comes in so uh, that type of goal when it's that kind of crisis defending when you're out of your shape when you're having to make good decisions when the game's quick we've got to be better at that so we found ourselves behind with the dying embers of the game but if we hadn't got something for that game it would have been an absolute travesty Mark Wilson, I'm not sure if I had suggested to you with 41 or 2 minutes on the clock, whatever it was, just before Lewis Ferguson scored, if I'd suggested to you that Aberdeen would go on and score three times, uh, I'm not sure you would have um, believed me. Yeah, granted it, it was two penalties, but um, they might even have snatched it at the end as well, so they certainly played their part. Yeah, they, they certainly created uh, enough in the second half. Uh, I mean, Derek obviously had a word there. You heard he was disappointed that they didn't carry that threat and the counter-attack that they should have done because they, they do play with plenty of legs on their side. Um, but the second half, yeah, they, they got forward uh, more often. They created... Um, even when they were 2-1 up I think they had a, a golden opportunity If the pass was better To, to maybe play uh, Was it Cosgrove in Just before Celtic got back in the game So they were more adventurous And uh, yeah I, I, You wouldn't have believed it In the first half That they, would, they were going to go on to score three goals It was just an incredible afternoon um, And an incredible 90 minutes at Pataudry and just in case people are just joining us, Derek McInnes there felt that the referee got all three penalties bang on. Do we have consensus in the studio? Uh, well, yeah. I don't know if Derek's probably heard Neil's interview first and come out because he was quick to jump on it. Uh, I totally agree with him. I thought McInnes summed the game up perfectly there for him, especially for Aberdeen's uh, point of view, Gordon. Um, I thought they set up well They made it difficult for Celtic They got into the, obviously a 2-1 lead Back to 3-2 And the, usually you see an Aberdeen team Basically just folding They kept going They got back to 3 each and could have won it I think their McKinnis someday game up perfectly Got to say that When you listen to the Celtic supporters of Gordon Who have been on here tonight uh, To a man None of them have mentioned the referee at all Neil Lennon shouldn't bother mentioning the referee. It will smack of deflection. He should concentrate on defensive frailty and getting that sorted out because that is what is most seriously jeopardising Celtic in the championship race. Well, let's see where Chris in Rosyth thought it went wrong today. Hi, Chris. Hi, good evening, chaps. How are you doing? You okay? Good. It'll be all well. All good. Um, all good. A couple of points, Scott, if you don't mind. Um, sure. The first one, for me, 
Neil Lennon's tactical naivety today for me was alarming. Um, four minutes to go in that game, we're three two up at a very tough venue. Um, although we had good results there recently, he brings off Rogic and brings off another creative attacking midfielder in David Turnbull. When we should be seeing the game out with a Sorrow or a Walsh coming on, you're three two up. It looked like we were chasing the game, not the team in the lead today, and I just felt it, it was baffling. To actually bring another creative player on when you know you're up to Todre, there's four minutes to go plus stoppage time, and that game could have been seen out. And I think the lack of reaction from Lennon when we lost the last goal through the penalty it just summed him up that I think he knew he'd made a catastrophic mistake not bringing on the correct personnel to see the game out. So that's my first point. Um, the second one's about Shane Duffy, which I know has been debated long and high on the show today. Um, I heard Gordon Dale saying earlier on the show just after the, the Rangers game that Neil Lennon would have targeted Duffy as his no-nonsense one in a back three. That's the formation that he would like to have played. I've watched Duffy for Brighton and Ireland and he's never played in a back three. He's always been a pair with either Webster or Bunks for Brighton um, before he lost his place when the boy came back from Leeds. And the reason for that is he's no pace and he needs the protection of fullbacks. And I think that's been alarming and it's been evident all season when you watch them play. If you watch him in a back three, nine times out of ten the ball's played into an attacker's feet. They spin around behind him. He doesn't have the pace to turn and chase them back. It looks like he's torn a, torn a horse or a cart sometimes. Um, then we go to a back four. We play two attacking fullbacks. He got dragged out wide because he's no pace. The boy today it took him out for the second Aberdeen goal, had him all ends up. He didn't know what to do. He panicked. He made a mess of it. And Aberdeen broke away and scored their goal. So for me, if Lenny's wanting to go with a back three this season, this personnel it has to be Ayer, Julian and Beaton. Duffy can't be anywhere near it. I don't think he's suited to Scottish football. I think he's underestimated the pace of the game and his lack of pace. And he's not, a, he's not an old player by any means, but I think his lack of pace is so evident when you see the fast-paced games that he's having to come up against. And he, he looks like he's floundered out there. He looked like he wanted off the pitch today. Um, he wasn't comfortable, and I've seen him like that more than once this season, including against Rangers last week. Well, he's certainly come under a spotlight, Chris. Now, you've just made a case that he's not very good in a back three and he's not very good in a back four because he gets caught out. Um, I think that he's obviously a very good defender. Um, he's come up to Scotland. I, I keep going back to I watched him at Ross County. And that day, I looked and I thought to myself, you need to go up to the pace of Scottish football because there's been a few players in England... And I'm not saying that Shane Duffy's one of them, but there have been a few players in England that have come up to the Scottish game and underestimated it. And all of a sudden they get caught out. Now, you look at Duffy, yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with the way he's getting caught out. I think he's been slack. Um, there's something just not fits right with me with, with Duffy just now. I thought today with Scott Brown out, who's a leader and the captain, obviously McGregor's got the armband, I thought that was a perfect day, especially against two big centre forwards of Aberdeen, for Duffy to make his mark. Go and really, you know, get yourself and organisation and, you know, go and attack things. Yes, he he, he put the lad into the, the boards at the side. He had an aggressive tackle at one point of the game. But I do, I'm fearing for Duffy the now. I, I'm, you know, you can't be a bad player and play at the level he's played at and come up here and all of a sudden he's all over the place. And you're right, would, he, would uh, Neil Lennon trust him? And that's why I was trying to ask Mark, when Neil gets all his players back, the Julians, Betons and oh, Edwards, what formations he got to go? Because if he puts a three, which I think he will, then 
Are you going to leave out Duffy that you invested so much money in? Well, you invested seven million in, in Julian, and he's a permanent player. So ultimately, you pick you know you pick who's best. You, you can't worry about that too much, Mark. What about the, the point there about the lack of pace? Because a lot of the comments from 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 Gordon and from others are, are sort of focusing on this notion that he's he's underestimating Scottish football and, and that he's he's kind of ambling around. What what if he's just not quick enough? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he's ever been known as that's one of his attributes, blind and pace. Um, he's known for his aggression and this tag we keep hearing, no nonsense but, but defending, we have written in front of him. Mark. That's, that's my well, concern well, as well. I know, well, I know, but he's not blessed by out and out pace. The, the thing is, if you're playing a two and you've got Ayer beside him who has got pace, then it maybe you know, helps him a wee bit. Um, but you're right, Gordon, he's. He isn't he quick and, and now that players and strikers Have had a look at that Opposition players They will test them Teams will try and turn them uh, Every opportunity they can get And, and try and run in behind them And make it difficult But the goal they lost today Was nothing to do with, with pace Mark No, no it Nothing to do with slackness. pace yeah. Slackness yeah. That, That's my point When, I, As I said When I watched them And I'm sorry Hartman on about Ross Cowan But I, I was actually be able to watch them live And when you watched them Ambling over and there's no pace to go and closing anything down. And today was the same. He was slack when he went on to the ball and he got punished for it. Um, Chris made a number of, of interesting points. So just to try and revisit as many of them. The first one was around the substitution, Mark. Would you have any... And I, I do acknowledge, of course, hindsight's great, isn't it? You, you don't yeah. even think about it if Celtic do hold on and, and win the game. But... Should Neil Lennon maybe have looked at a more defensive substitution rather than swapping Rogic for Thumble? Uh, well, look, it's of course it's easy to say that just now, you know, and you you go well, I, you know, because he lost the goal, it should have been a defensive-minded player. You know, Turnbull uh, is a, a well-versed player. What Neil Lennon would want in the defensive side, of it. so I don't think because you bring Turnbull on, it's like bring the striker and he's just stood up there. He's a midfield player. He would have known his job. Sorrow. I mean, we've seen very little of Sorrow. So who's to who's to know if he came on and the same one they've happened. The same with Walsh, Welsh as well. So you, you never know. It's easy saying it when when we're sitting but here after the fair, game. I mean, big big teams. You know, they're, they're, you don't have to be too proud about it. You know, big mm. teams may well throw on another defender just for a couple of minutes. Just and I know that's not how the goal came about but just to be mindful of the fact that Aberdeen might lump it forward and, and put it to Cosgrove and Edmondson and um, uh, sorry forgive me I think Edmondson might have he was he was off by that point but Cosgrove um, I, th- I think with that Gordon that, you know the, 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 probably the argument against that is where Neil Neil's maybe thought that why do we want to camp in our own box and just invite Aberdeen yeah, to yeah. lump balls in the box so they put Turnbull on they keep Griffiths chasing things and they keep pressing to try and keep Aberdeen pinned in that's maybe the argument that's maybe what he was thinking as soon as you put a defender on you sit in your 18 yard yeah. line you're inviting trouble Chris you have questioned Neil Lennon's I think it was tactical naivety you called it where's the balance for you between things the manager needs to do better and individual responsibility for the players I mean, the first thing I would say, Gold, I would, I would cut a bit of slack. The last seven days has obviously been quite, um, you know, he's been turmoil losing um, LA team, Peter and Julian, going into the Rangers game, which evidently was a, yeah. the, the biggest game of the season so far. We were obviously defensively um, weakened for that game, and I think, you know, there has to be a little bit of you know, hindsight that it has been defensively weakened, but it is square pegs round holes. I know we hear that saying quite a lot, but, you know, Stephen Wilson, the defender, you know, he, he went to a back four today. I just think that. 
the poor performances that have been evident all season are now catching up with us a little bit. Um, I think we've been quite lucky to get by. Dungeon United away, a late goal. And, you know, there's been other games that we've, again, not performed. Hugh's got a good phrase that getting the job done, and I know it's overused, but really that's what we have been doing. Um, and I think now that's maybe coming in the, you know, the lack of players that we have got available is now punishing us. Um, you know, again today, I know that Mark mentioned there about, or Gordon Dale mentioned, it wasn't his pace that cost the goal today. It 100% was his pace. If you watch the game back, when that ball goes down the channel and Scott Wright's pressing him in that corner, the pace of the Aberdeen player flustered Shane Duffy. And that's why he got into a test and tried to recall. So, so it's the pace of the Aberdeen player, no, the Celtic yeah. player. So, know, so it's, it's nothing to do with. If it's a race, then the pace of both no, players no, really no, comes no, into it. No, because if you if you watch the go, if you watch the, when Duffy loses it, Duffy's in control of that situation. Uh, it's nothing to do with. He could have been the quickest but player you, in the world. Surely, but He's surely, in if you get the there, situation. but if you get there earlier, you have more time to deal with it. He had time to deal with it. He was but slack you could on the more ball. Time. Oh, 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 everybody could do it. I'll tell you what, it'd be great if the Aberdeen uh, forward had been 5 10 yards off him. Brilliant. But you're playing professional football. I have no idea what that meant. Well, the, the thing is, more time. How much more time do you need? It's nothing. That was nothing to do with pace. That was the fact that he was slack on possession of the ball when he shouldn't allow the Aberdeen player to take the ball off him. It was nothing to do with pace. Nonsense. All right, we'll leave it there, Chris and Rasai. Thank you very much. If you want to hear what the Rangers management made of today's victory against Livingston, well, we'll bring it to you next. Dear haters, here's what we don't welcome in this country. Attacking people because of their religious beliefs, where they are from, or the colour of their skin. Abusing and bullying disabled people. Threatening those who are gay, lesbian and transgender with verbal and physical violence. There's no room for that here. That's why if we see anything, we're reporting you. We are a welcoming and inclusive country, and it's time you respect that. Yours, Scotland. Hate crime. Report it to stop it. Visit onescotland.org. The games are over. The talking begins. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, a busy day of Scottish football still waiting to take your calls in the company of Gordon DL, Mark Wilson and Hugh Keevans. If I could just interrupt for a second, Gordon, and uh, thank you for giving me the time to say this, but a few years ago I wrote a book on the history of the Scottish Cup and my co-author was Kevin McCarra. Now, Kevin was one of the finest football writers to come out of this country. He worked at Scotland on Sunday uh, and was lured down to England He had the talent to be uh, taken to England Like a football player leaving a Scottish club To go to a, a big English club And he, he settled in London for many years uh, Kevin came back up here uh, When he retired and A, a devoted football man or, you, know, you know that when he has his uh, 60th birthday In a corporate hospitality suite at Partick Thistle uh, And sadly, last night Kevin left us uh, and I just wanted to say what a great man he was a great writer and uh, my deepest condolences to his wife Susan thank you yeah sorry to hear that we certainly send our wishes uh, to the family at this difficult time we are on the phones and we're on Twitter as well reflecting on another busy day of Scottish football as you would expect there's a lot of criticism for Celtic's dropping of points Dylan O'Neill um, says that Duffy was shocking today but Fringpong was just as bad on that side um, various other tweets coming in as well 
along those lines. Let's hear from the Rangers management today. It's been a busy week. I think Stephen Gerrard's decided to just step aside and hand over to Gary McAllister to take this press conference. So here's what Gary McAllister had to say after that win against Livingston. Yeah, it's been a very productive week, very positive week. Three two nullers in a row. Today, I would like to touch on the fact that we've seen another fantastic goal from a player who's, 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 who's had a fantastic career. He's probably coming towards the end of it. But that sort of movement, I suppose it was a fantastic pass from James Tavernier, but that little movement towards the ball and then spinning in behind and to get the finish at the end of that, it's pretty special. There's no many players can do that. That's a career goal for him. Well, he's a player that I've always admired from afar. You know, you know, I don't think I ever played against him. I might be a wee bit too old. But, you know, he's somebody that I've always been a fan of. He's somebody capable of special little clever bits of movement and finishing and today it was another example of that but the fact that he's playing it at the age he is, is is a credit to him he's in fantastic shape he's been he's, he's had a couple of injuries recently but like the other night Kimar's been injured somebody coming back into the team you know and, and, and actually producing and, and, and Jermaine did that today you know it's we've got four strikers you know it's very competitive in that area of the pitch so it's, it's nice to see everybody getting getting a goal. Yeah, that's what the, the depth of your squad as well. You made five changes and two guys, two of the guys that came in. I think that's one of the positive aspects of, of, of this week. You know, the fact that we've uh, Kamara and Scotty Arfield rested. You know, we, we do have two players in each in each position. In position, it's very competitive. Uh, Calvin Bass is a perfect example of somebody grabbing a shot when it becomes available. And that's what we want to see going right through the entire squad because for us to continue this sort of run, it won't be about 11 players, it'll be, a, it'll be about a, a squad of 18, 19. Is that the Jet doing his warm down behind oh. that interview there? <laughs> cool down with for Gary the McAllister. Jet. But those last words. Other, those last words. That other cutting the grass, sorry, Hugh. Those last words that Gary McAllister spoke there are the most pertinent of all. It's about 18 or 19 players. The difference between this Rangers team. And those who have gone before Under Stephen Gerrard There is a strength and depth There now That wasn't there before And uh, that's why they have become uh, The bookies favourites to win the title They have become the side Who jeopardised 10 in a row for Celtic And it is causing the Celtic fans To look at their own team to scrutinise their own team and to come to the conclusion that what they have at the moment is not good enough in the eyes of a lot of Celtic supporters. What about Jermaine Defoe's goal, Mark Wilson? You feel a bit sorry for him. It wasn't even Rangers' best goal this week, uh, <laughs> but it was it was a brilliant finish nevertheless. Yeah, frightening. I mean, Gary McAllister touched it on it there that there's not many players that can do that. You know, the movement is one thing. You know, he's, he's made a career of that kind of movement. But the finish, it's so difficult when it's coming over his shoulder. From that height, to take it in a half-volley and just stroke it past the goalkeeper, I thought it was a, a phenomenal finish. Gordon Diel, a 300th career goal for him as well. So a, a nice landmark. Um, once you get to his stage of his career, you might be forgiven for thinking that the 300th won't come along but, but there he is still finding the back of the he's, net he's certainly not lost the knack you've got to say he's just hungry for goals and if you put the ball in the right position for him he'll put the ball in the back of the net his finish was so cool and calm 
Uh, but he's, it's all about his movement, Gordon. And I said earlier when I was watching it, see any young player that's trying to make a, a, a living in this game or try to go forward in this game, you just look at players like that. You can learn so much from just that yard of movement that takes a defender into a, a position he doesn't want to be, spinning, the quality's on the ball and the finish is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I don't have the exact stats at the moment, Mark Wilson, but... We all know about James Tavernier's goal scoring, um, but he didn't get on the score sheet today. He sets that one up in, in quite impressive fashion. Yeah. We always talk about it being a, a numbers game, and I know it's not everything, um, and it can be twisted one way or another, but I'm not really sure how you can twist his productivity this season. Listen, his numbers across the board uh, are, are frightening this season, uh, and I mean that from a defensive point of view as well. We've always criticised him defensively, because he was culpable at some goals And Rangers were losing goals If you look at First and foremost If you're part of a back four And you're keeping clean sheets That's your first box ticks But if you can add Assist to that Brilliant If you add goals to it Even better He's he's You know He's pretty much completing every Every task a manager would ask of him And that's why he says He's up there for one of the players Of the season to this point So Terrific when you're getting that All round contribution From your captain yeah, and in the bigger picture, Gordon, we mentioned the week. Gary McAllister there talking about three 2-0 victories in a row. Um, you get one against Celtic, it's brilliant. You get one in Europe, it's brilliant. You get one against Livingston, it's routine rather than brilliant. But, you know, you still have to do it. And it's just the word that keeps coming up at the moment is is comfort, comfortable mm-hmm. control. You know, these are the, the types of words Consistency, that you Gordon. With, with um, all Rangers performances. You know, um, a few that I said last week, that was the week that Rangers were going to have under Stephen Gerrard and Gary McAllister. They'd have taken your hand off for it. They've been excellent. You can't take that away from them. They've scored probably a lot of, in a lot of people's opinion, Rangers fans, the best goal ever uh, the Rangers fans have seen. And today was a, a super goal for Defoe. Um, they're in a good place. They're in a very good place, but I just like the way the manager's going about his business now. He's keeping everything nice and calm because he knows there's a lot of football and football turns very quickly on you, but just looking at that squad, they're in a very good place just now. Yeah, because, I mean, Hugh, when when you look ahead, we just spoke about, you know, last week being, being a big week, but all that does is set you up for next week to be even bigger because, again, and... I know he won't get it from everyone in the city don't get me wrong but a degree of sympathy for the task facing Celtic because they now go to take on some some really difficult fixtures when you look at the European fixture in particular um, the draw could have been so much kinder when you're in a sticky spell and uh, you've had the kind of eight days that Celtic have had you really don't need Lille and you really don't need a cup semi-final but all of those things are on Celtic's plate In the last 8 days Rangers have conceded no goals In the last 8 days Celtic have conceded 8 goals That's defensive solidity Versus defensive fragility And that's something that Neil Lennon has to address Because 10 in a row is now in serious jeopardy Motherwell away is the next league game for Celtic Quite simply They have to win Or else yeah, that said, uh, Lille did draw today. They've been knocked off top spot on on the, the French league, but they are still level on points at the top uh, with PSG. So they've enjoyed a very good start to the season. They've spent a lot of money as well. So things 
not getting easier anytime soon for no. Celtic, Mark Wilson. No, no, I don't, I don't think they are. I mean, it's it's been a tough old week for Neil Lennon, but like you say there, Gordon, it's not going to get any easier. Big games to come, and uh, you know he's going to be judged in every one of these games. It's going to be difficult in France, but equally so at the weekend. Um, where they, they go into the semi-final So you know The quicker Neil gets his full squad of players back The better for him Because it's much needed at this minute I, I would say this The Europa League Doesn't matter to the Celtic fans Even the quadruple treble Doesn't matter to the Celtic fans Ten in a row Is all that matters To the Celtic fans And tonight they feel It is in jeopardy And that's why The sticky spell Has got to end And end quickly or else there'll be trouble. Yeah, but but that's the thing, Hugh. That's, I mean, you're right in terms of priority, but it's not strictly true because this afternoon, remember, it was all about Celtic haven't lost three games in a row since 2007. One of them was a Europa League game, uh-huh. the, the AC Milan game the other night. So it, it feeds into the bigger picture and it, it allows people to jump on that, that sense of crisis. Um, you know, it's not yet crisis, but one more... League failure And it is You know the, the If Celtic Draw Or lose The next league game Or the one after It is crisis Well What a day We've had In the Scottish Premiership It kicked off In dramatic circumstances At Pataudry It was a brilliant game To watch Actually Aberdeen Were in front twice Celtic fought back They took a 3-2 lead And late on It looked like They would go on And get the three points Which would have Perhaps Kick-started something But Lewis Ferguson Had other ideas A late penalty from him Rescued a point from Aberdeen It was then over To Rangers And they did the business A 2-0 win at home To Livingston Joe Aribo And Jermaine Defoe With the goals And that leaves The league table Looking like this Rangers are at the top, they're six points ahead of Celtic, but Neil Lennon's men do have that game in hand. It promises to be another incredible week involving Scottish football, so make sure you join us from six o'clock tomorrow. Hugh Keevans will be back. He'll be joined by Alex Ray, and hopefully you'll join us as well. We'll speak to you then. Sports Social Podcast Network.